Hey friend, thanks so much for stopping by for some community time around the fire pit. I've got some Tennessee white oak going. I'm going to run inside and get us both a cup of joe. Well, you're listening to Quad Dot Rocks, God the World and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, you got it, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is Season 10, Episode 220. Title, Gusto. Subtitle, Empowering Encouragement Now, Number 28. More about the divine life. I don't drink beer or alcohol, nor do I promote the use of alcohol in any way. Having grown up in a severely alcoholic home, I hate alcohol. But the 1970 Schlitz beer commercial was an amazing advertising campaign. It didn't work to save the company from themselves, but it was an amazing advertising campaign. People my age and older will remember the slogan to this day, and it's been 52 years ago. The beer was never thought of highly on the Texas Deer Lease where I grew up. Like one commentary said, it was the best cheap beer. My Uncle Eddie was the only one in the entire group of men who drank Schlitz beer. But that 1970 Schlitz commercial, you only go around once in life, so grab for all the gusto you can. The commercials featured men's men, rugged and in hot pursuit of the good life. Before the commercial, I'm not sure I had ever heard the word gusto used in a sentence. But when those commercials hit, you just somehow knew what it meant. Vocabulary.com defines gusto as a noun that means vigorous and enthusiastic enjoyment. Synonyms would be relish, zest, zestfulness. Since the 17th century, gusto has been helping English speakers describe things that are done with vigor and enthusiasm. Gusto is Italian for taste, and its Italian origins are evident both in its spelling, with its O ending, and its sense of a taste for life. The singer Robert Goulet was a man's man who sang every song with gusto. His voice was very strong, and he pushed the vocalization of each word to the front of his face with hard nasal resonation. I have a link in the show notes for a sample of Robert Goulet's singing. Gusto. The coming YouTube interview with Diana Boer really made a big impact on me personally. I look forward to sharing it with you. Diana's life mission to do everything with excellence to God is contagious. She lives her life with gusto. My brain really latched onto her spirit and life approach. The interview came just on the heels of my full absorption of the word excelsior used by Charles Spurgeon in one of his devotions. Since the full implementation and use of an iPad for my daily devotions, I've been motivated for some reasons to double-check the definition of words that I know, but realize perhaps I may not really know them. We take a lot for granted when it comes to our English language. Some words we know linguistically, understanding the intent of the word by its association to the words around it, sort of like knowing the tree by the forest. But we really don't know the exact definition of the word itself. When I selected the word excelsior, it pulled up the background of the word, which means higher ever upward. The word has such depth, character, and a regal sense that Excelsior has become my new life sign-off on all communications. These talks are increasingly adding to my zeal for excellence and service to the Lord and the inspiring heavenward focus. Then in the last podcast, what the Lord showed me regarding advancing the divine life, all have come together for me in the word gusto. The word came into my mind this past week while I was listening to singer Robert Goulet's greatest hit CD, 
while on the way to our trash convenience center. I know that sounds peculiar, but I was listening to Robert Goulet blaring, and I thought, that guy sang with gusto. And then it dawned on me that this is what the divine life and living the divine life is all about. In the last podcast, Hitting on All Eight Cylinders, I talked about how slothfulness can ruin and destroy all that we achieve in the times of zealous industry, in those moments where we're really pushing ahead for the Lord, and how seasons of coldness, apathy, can freeze all the warm glow of our periods of fervency and enthusiasm, and our fits of worldliness can throw us back from our advances in the divine life. And because of our propensity towards slothfulness, apathy, and worldliness, We need to beware of lean prayers, lean praises, lean duties, and lean experiences. Indifference, worldliness, and self-indulgence can lay our hearts completely desolate and make our souls to suffer. The only way to grab all the gusto we can in this life is with the Lord in His service, in His company, in His fear, and in His way, through robust prayers, robust praise, robust duty, and robust experiences. The Apostle Peter describes the divine life that grabs for all the gusto you can like this, starting in 2 Peter 1, verse 3. He says, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. By these, His glory and goodness, He has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. Goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. Friend, that's talking about living the divine life, a life of gusto. For in this way, Entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. My friend, that is the divine life that grabs for all the gusto we can. We must vanish forever all thought of indulging the flesh if we would live in the gusto power of our risen Lord. It's not right for those of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord to dwell in the immorality and the exploitation of sin. As the angel asked Mary, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? I ask you, should the living live among the tombs like the Gadarene demoniac? Should the divine life be imprisoned in the house of fleshly lust? How can we partake of the cup of the Lord and yet drink the cup of Satan? As believers, we are delivered from open lusts and sins. Have you also escaped from the more secret and deceptive lime twigs of the satanic fowler? Lime twig is a sticky substance used in past history that was smeared on limbs in order to capture birds. Have we come out of the lust of pride? Have we escaped from slothfulness? Have we escaped from carnal, sensuous security? Oh friend, we should not be deceived. The carnal, sensuous life is a specific place of knowable 
temporary familiar comfort? Are we seeking day by day to live above worldliness, the pride of life, and the ensnaring vice of avarice? Friend, most of us don't even know what the word avarice means anymore. Avarice means greed, greedy desire, covetousness. Most of us don't really understand the concept of the pride of life. It would do us well to spend some time reading in the Bible about the pride of life. Friend, we need to remember, it is for this that we have been enriched and entrusted with the treasures of God. If we indeed are the chosen of God and loved by Him, we must not waste all the treasures of grace that has been bestowed upon us. God is calling on us today to follow after holiness. It's the Christian's crown and glory. An unholy church is useless to the world and of no respect, honor, or appreciation among people. An unholy church is an abomination, and the synonyms all apply to the church in its vileness, atrocities, outrage, an eyesore, and a disgrace. Just read the news. Friend, the lost men I worked with at UPS were involved in every form of immorality, but they sure wanted me to toe the line morally, which I did. But just because they were lost, it didn't mean that they lacked understanding on how the Christians should act. The breakdown of the church in my lifetime has resulted in an unholy church that is hell's laughter and heaven's abhorrence. That means disgust. Dear friend, listen to the direct quote of Charles Spurgeon from the mid-1800s, over 170 years ago. He wrote, The worst evils which have ever come upon the world have been brought upon her by an unholy church. Can you believe that? 170 years ago, this is what Spurgeon said. It's a fact. We don't want to accept the fact on why the world is presently the way that it is. And my friend, I'm telling you that the condition of our world, the condition of our country, can be laid at the footsteps of the church. The worst evils which have ever come upon the world have been brought upon her by an unholy church. Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 and chapter 5 verse 10 both tell us that we are a kingdom and priests to our God. The vows of God are upon us. We are God's priests. We need to act as such. We are God's kings. We need to reign over our lusts. We are God's chosen. We do not associate with Satan. Heaven is our destination. We should live like the heavenly spirits we actually are. Living the divine life proves that we have true faith in Jesus. For there cannot be faith in the heart unless there is holiness in the life. The same can be said that we cannot advance the divine life and grab for all the gusto we can if there is no holiness in the life. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. Peace.